Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. We're going to do a little exercise together. A little connecting uh, activity, all right? We good for this? Ready to do this? All right. It's important you listen to the instructions. So here we go. If you brush your teeth with Crest toothpaste, sit down. Yeah, sit down. If you, all right, there's a few of you. All right, all right, all right. Look around, but you got to kind of keep it a little bit low so you can hear. Okay, now if you use Colgate, sit down. Sit down. So we should have all the Crest people and all the Colgate people. Okay, now I'm looking around. I'm looking around. I see some of you don't use Crest, don't use Colgate. I know it's not because you don't brush your teeth. It's because you say, I'm not going to let a major company tell me what brand I have to use. You are my rebels, and I love you for it. All right. So now, if you love ice cream, you should stand up. If you love ice cream, stand up. All right, there are a few of you out there that don't love ice cream. But if I were to come along and say to you, I will trade you a donut from that ice cream cone in your hand, who would take the donut? If you take the donut, if you take the donut, stay standing. But if you're going to keep your ice cream cone, sit down. If you're taking the donut, stay standing. All right. You people that are still standing, you're my people. You're my donut people. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you are. You're my people. That's awesome. I love it. All right. If, if it took you more than five minutes to get here this morning, you should be standing up right now. If it took you more than five minutes to get to this church, stand up. It took you more than five minutes, stand up. Oh, wow, there's a fair, there's a couple of you here that took less than five minutes. That's pretty impressive. All right. If it took you less than 15 minutes, stay standing. If it took you less than 15 minutes to get here, stay standing. Less than 15 minutes. I don't know if I'm confused right now or not. Oh, yeah. If it took you less than 15 minutes, sit down. So if it took you more than 15 minutes, I'm sorry. I'm easily confused. Work with me. Work with me. All right, so 30 minutes. If it You should be standing up if it took you more than 30 minutes. Okay, there we go. Thank you. You should be standing up if it took you more than 30 minutes to get here. Oh, look at this. Look at this. I love it. All right, so if it took you more than an hour to get here, you should be standing up. More than an hour. I want, yeah, look at that. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. Yeah. And I know, I know, I know everybody online should be standing. If you're online, you're, you're probably saying, okay, okay, let's be honest. There's a few of you that are five minutes from here and you're just like, I'm going to stay home. And that's okay. 
That's why we have online services. It's okay. It's all right. So if you are the oldest in your family, stand up. Oldest in your family, stand up. Yep, I'm standing. That's right. All right. Look at the people who rule the world. Look at the people who rule. All right. All right. Now, if you are the youngest in your family, stand up. Sit down if you're the oldest right now. So stand up if you're the youngest in your family. These are the, these are the people who tell everybody else what to do. This is awesome. Yes. That's right. Awesome. All right. I think that's it, right? Oh, wait. We're forgetting middle children. My bad. All right. So middle children, stand. There's a joke in there. All right. If you're a middle child, stand up. Stand up if you're a middle child. All right. All right, so now we all have our therapy groups. That's good. Um, if, you're, if you own a t-shirt that, like the one I'm wearing, stand up, even if you're not wearing it. Even if you're not wearing it, stand up if you own a t-shirt that looks like the one that I'm wearing. Friends, look at these people. These are important people. These are important people for a reason. They have been doing something for the last month that you apparently did not know about. They're playing a game. It's been going on for a month. The rest of you need to catch up. And the way to do it is to look at these people and find them and ask them, how do I get a shirt like you have? Because it doesn't cost money. It just means you have to play a game. So look at these people. Look at them carefully. Me. Yeah, I mean, it's the same shirt, Atara. It's the same shirt. Um, so... All right, so ask these people about it. All right, so there we go. So now, finally, last one. If you have attended Whole Life, online or in person, at least once. You see what I'm doing there? At least once, stand up. If you've attended Whole Life at least once, today would be once. So if you've attended at least once. And now, Albert, thank you guys for worship. Appreciate it. Well, if... if if, if you felt like Ken just put you through a bunch of squats, say amen. <laughs> it's good to worship with you guys and just have some fellowship and be surrounded by family and friends and making those connections. And we just want to celebrate God for that. Yeah, it's okay to sit down. <laughs> yeah, so you're like, that was really uncomfortable. Please come back. We don't do that every week. <laughs> but I did do it because we're in the midst, or I should say we're, we're wrapping up the first series of our calendar year that's been explaining our, our uh, theme for this year. And our theme this year is connect. And we've been talking about making connections. And one of the ways you make connections often is what you have in common with others. We've talked about that a little bit. That sometimes when you see the people that all, you know, brush their teeth with, with Colgate or... Crest or whatever it is, you know, your favorite, you're like, yeah, you get me. Or, you know, if you see a bunch of oldest children, you're like, yeah, you get what it's like to, you know, have your parents experimenting on you. Um, you know, you understand what that is. It's connection. And we've been talking about it. What we've been talking about is horizontal connect or vertical connection with God. We've been talking about what it means to be fully connected, fully engaged with God. And then we've also talked about just the same way. Remember, Jesus said, what is the, the greatest command? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second is like it, is equal to it. Love your neighbors yourself. So we've been talking about that horizontal connection with others. 
So that's what we've done for the last three Sabbaths of this, this calendar year so far. And today, I want to pose the question, what happens? What happens when we are vibrantly, vibrantly connected with God? And vibrantly connected with each other? What's the result when we enter into engagement with God and engagement with others, wholehearted engagement? What's the answer? And I'd like to go ahead and have my main text that I'm using today, I'd like you to look at it and I want you to put into your mind, I want you to think about as you read through this verse, because the verse has the answer in it, what does What is the result of connection? When we, if we were to take the theme this year and just do it perfectly, what would be the result? And I would say that you could make the argument that the Acts chapter 2 church might have the answer in it of what the result is when we are fully connected with each other and when we're fully connected with God. Acts 2, as it closes out, says, A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes uh, for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day... The Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So, I'm going to preach for a little bit, but you can, like, while I'm preaching, if your mind is going to wander, let it wander to the question of, as I read through that text, what's the result of connection with God and connection with others? Can I um, just tell you that my opinions on this really kind of took an important step when I had the opportunity to be the youth pastor of this church. This is the Brentwood Avenue Church in Auckland, New Zealand. 1997, I took a year out of college between my freshman and my sophomore year to go serve as a youth pastor at this church. Um, It was a long trip, might I say, from the east coast of the United States to Auckland, New Zealand. It was on the, in another hemisphere. And that was something that I kind of discovered kind of quickly that really I'd known, but I didn't really get it. I left... I left at the uh, end of uh, July um, from South Carolina, where I'd been working at summer camp. It had been a historically hot at that point, summer 1997. And I flew across the world down into the Southern Hemisphere where it was winter. And I knew it was going to be winter, but I didn't really know it was going to be winter. Because it is one thing, it's a crazy thing to go from the middle of summer to the middle of winter in less than 24 hours. It is a, it's weird. If you've never done it, it's not really something you really have to try out, I don't think. But if you want to, you could. And if I may, there are some times when a, a feeling a sensation, something other than uh, visual or auditory, where something you feel really stays ingrained with you and colors your experience. And I will say that if I was going to use one word to summarize what I felt, and even as I look at this picture, I felt the word cold. 
Because all my friends who had gone to be youth pastors in Australia and New Zealand, all my friends who had done that in, in the college I was at, they told me about how like the entire church would show up at the airport. This is before 9-11. And everybody would show up at the airport and welcome you there. They'd be like, hey, welcome to our church. No. That's how many people were at the airport for me. Now, some of you are saying, yeah, it was you, Ken. Be nice. Be gentle. Be gentle. You could hurt my feelings. <laughs> There were three people at the airport, and the, the coldness of the air matched the coldness of the reception. Um, the, they were holding up a sign that said my name on it, and it was a very elderly couple and a middle-aged guy. And the middle-aged guy was the first to say, he said, hi, my name is, and I am the pastor of the Brentwood Church and another church. Welcome to New Zealand. These are the people that are going to be taking care of you. I hope you have a good stay here. See ya. Okay. So I gathered my luggage, went with the couple out to their car, and I'm telling you, the door had not completely closed before the man started just unloading on the pastor. I mean, I'm not like saying he like minorly was irritated. I'm talking like full bore, I hate that pastor. And congratulations on being here because you're going to be the, you heard him say yes, two churches, you're going to be the pastor of the Brentwood Church. And that's why we brought you here. So have fun. Um, And I thought, well, maybe this is just an aberration. Maybe this man doesn't really know what he's talking about. Went to church the first Sabbath People were nice and uh, got invited to potluck. I got to potluck and realized not everybody had been invited to potluck. They said, hi, we're the people who hate the pastor. They didn't really say that, but that's what they said, okay? (laughs) And you're going to be, we're uh, we're just letting you know right now, it's time for your coronation, whatever. And uh, you're going to be our pastor and um, we want you to know, you, uh, you have the support of the board to do this. We have 51% that are behind you. Now, I'm not good at math. <laughs> but I did the math kind of quickly. And in my head, I said, okay, there's 51% that voted for you to come here. Wait a minute. That means 49% didn't want me here. <laughs> I did, redid the math because I don't trust myself, and it came out the same way again. And I was cold. Because <laughs> I have never been an, I've always been a pretty self-confident person, but even I realized that a kid who had just finished his first year of theology wasn't probably ready to do a hostile takeover of a church. <laughs> So it was an interesting year because 51% of the church was deeply disappointed that Ken wasn't taking things over, not stepping up to the bat, not doing what needed to be done. And 49% of the church just was waiting for it to happen. He's a sneaky one. He's played the long game. It was a church divided. It was a cold church. 
I mean, there were warm people in the church. I think back, and I, I, I hope that if any of them are listening today, they don't feel disrespected because there's some really warm people in that church. But it was, as a group, it was cold. You know what I mean by that? As a group, it was just cold. So uh, this is the environment that I got to hang out in um, for almost a year. Very formidable part of my life. I credit that first real (laughs) baptism under fire on the philosophy that I've come to believe in when it comes to churches. And I'd like to share with you my philosophy. I'd like to share with you my philosophy today because I think it matters and I want you to be fully aware of what I believe, why I believe connection matters so much and why I would want to take a whole year to talk about it, and why I would sandwich it in the middle of a five-year plan. Because I've told you before that whatever happens in the middle is always the most important thing. The other things are leading up to it, and everything else is going to flow out of it. And I want you to understand why I believe that connection is so very important. So this is my philosophy. Feel free to write it down, or just go to the notes later. The first thing I believe is that wholeness perfect connection was lost in the Garden of Eden. We oftentimes make the Garden of Eden about Adam and Eve sinning, and rightfully so. But sometimes in doing that, we forget what it was that they did. Oh, they ate fruit, Ken. No, no. No, that's not, that's not it. What they did was they lost connection. They chose to sever connection with God, and in so doing, they also severed their connection with each other. We see it play out in Genesis 3. You can see the verse on the, on the board behind me. We know they lost connection with God because they go immediately and hide from him. That's the ultimate lost connection. When you're hiding from somebody, you have a lost connection. But what happens after that? God finds them. By the way, did you hear that? God finds them. God doesn't leave them and go, oh, they messed up. Good for them for knowing how bad a mistake that they made and they should be hiding from me. God finds them. Where are you? Come back to me. And when God tries to get to the bottom of what happened, what do they do? They blame each other. Adam, well, it's that woman you created for me. So he blames God and he blames the woman all at the same time. Severed connection. And then the woman says, so... What happened? And she says, oh, it's a snake. And and I'm guessing she also looked and and Adam didn't have to do it, did he? Broken connection. Broken connection. Family, if you want to know what happened in the Garden of Eden, it was a broken connection with God. It was a broken connection with God. That's the story. If you want to understand wholeness, you have to understand that wholeness that is part of our name as a church. Wholeness is all about connection. You cannot be whole and be unconnected. If you want wholeness, you have to be connected to God and to others. Because wholeness was lost, everyone is born needing to journey back toward wholeness. 
There is not a single one of us born in this world that doesn't come in with already a ruptured connection with God and a ruptured connection with each other. Not because God chooses to have a ruptured connection with us, but because that's just our default. We have a broken connection, and we have a broken connection with each other. A lot of us spend a lot of money in therapy trying to figure that one out. And good for you. Spend the money, it's worth it. And understand that the reason that we have that broken connection with each other is because of selfishness and sin. It creates distance between each other. The Bible tells me that everyone sinned. We've all come short of God's glorious standard. There's nobody in this room that was born perfect. There's nobody in this room that right now is perfect. Well, maybe that's not true. Jesus offers everyone love, acceptance, forgiveness, grace, and salvation. So you're perfect because of Jesus. You're perfect because of Jesus. Jesus came back and said, let's connect. And the question is whether you want to accept that. And might I just say again, Jesus offers everyone. Can we just put a bunch of underlines on our earth, everyone? There's not an exception to that. No matter where you are at on the weird journey that makes up life, life isn't linear. It's all kinds of weird wiggles and all over the place, right? But wherever you're at on that journey, Jesus has already offered you love, acceptance, forgiveness, grace, and salvation. It's yours. Question is, do you, do you want it? Period. Jesus doesn't force. He offers. The beautiful thing is that Romans 3.24 comes right after Romans 3.23. 3.23 says everybody's sin, fallen short of the glory of God. 3.24 says, yet God in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. So did you hear that? He makes us right in his sight. Can I just take a minute for, for, for a little bit of further metaphor? For those of you who are married here, when you married your spouse, did you know them perfectly? Or was there a further journey to go on with them? I want you to know that Christ has extended to us the offer of marriage, but that doesn't mean that we won't get to know him better. It doesn't mean that we won't grow. We're made right, but we still can grow and become more and more in the image that was lost in Eden. Jesus is the way to connection. Jesus is the way to connection with God Jesus is the way to connection with each other. If you want to know how to have a relationship with God, ask Jesus. Not just the Jesus of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but the Jesus of the Old Testament and the rest of what comes in the New Testament and the Jesus of nature and the Jesus that speaks to you through the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the way to wholeness. And because of that, I believe life's purpose, if you want to know how to connect, you follow Jesus. Because life's purpose is following Jesus to wholeness. On the wholeness journey.
It's a journey, friends. It's something that keeps going. The Bible tells me that it continues throughout my life. And the purpose is to follow Jesus. I also want to explain to you what the purpose is for church. The purpose of, of family believers, the church, is to invite all to join the family and journey together toward wholeness and connection, being supported and supporting each other through love, acceptance, forgiveness, grace, and wise guidance. And can we just take a minute and say, we're imperfect at doing that. But that's the purpose. It's what we strive for. We strive to invite others to have the good things that God is giving us. Does Jesus make your life better and make you better at life? If you believe that Jesus makes your life better and makes you better at life, why wouldn't you want to share that and invite others to have that experience? It's why we have the ministries we have. As I look at Bernie and as I, um, you know, looking at Tomas here, I think that's one of the reasons why we have Pathfinders and Ventures because we want to invite our kids into that journey together as part of inviting on the journey. So I think about all the ministries we have at our church. That's the purpose inviting others to experience what we've been gracefully given. If you have an amazing thing and you withhold it from somebody you care about, we generally label you as not a good person. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying that's the label that society will put on you. If you, you know, if you have, if your friend needs money and you have it and you don't share it, most of society is going to say you're not a particularly good person. If you really care about that person to not help them. If you believe that God makes you, gives you purpose, gives you connection, makes your life better, why wouldn't you share that? Why wouldn't you share something that's far more valuable than money? And finally, that wholeness journey, like I said, it's the work of a lifetime. I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I believe that's restoring us back to that pre-fall character. The character that desires to follow God rather than desiring to do my own selfish thing. But you know what? I believe that connection will grow through all eternity. And that's why when I say it's the work of a lifetime, I believe that when we live forever in eternity with Jesus, that our, we'll still grow in connection with God and each other. The connections will grow deeper and deeper and more beautiful and more vibrant. Just like in a good marriage, the longer you go, the more beautiful your marriage becomes in a good marriage. It is the work of a lifetime family. But it's a joy. It's a pleasure. It's a privilege to be on that journey. So a few of you said, I heard you talk about sharing and I haven't heard you talk a lot about what your evangelistic plan is at Whole Life, Ken. When are you going to bring in an evangelist? <laughs> I'm looking out at 550 evangelists that we brought in today. Amen. Some of you are enthusiastic. Some of you are very unenthusiastic. That's okay. I want you to know that Whole Life's evangelism plan is you. I am putting all our bags, my, all our eggs in your basket. I am. 
because I believe you are the most effective evangelism tool that the church has. Not Ken, not an evangelist standing up here preaching for a couple weeks. You are. You're the most effective one. Jesus said to his disciples, you go out into the world. You're his disciples. Some of you are like, okay, I, mm, I can't preach. I'm not going to, I couldn't, I mean, I know what I believe, but sharing it, mm, I don't know. Can I go ahead and tell you what I'd like from you as, as the whole life evangelistic team? I'd like to share it. Here it is. This is what our mission, by the way, evangelism is just mission in action. Can I just say that? It's not complicated. We, we put evangelism as if it's like, a, a, like a, a, an event. It's a lifestyle. This is what it looks like in action here at Whole Life. We invite into community. You invite people into community. Did you notice it doesn't say you invite people to attend Whole Life? That's intentional. You invite people into community. I'm not talking to your neighbor, I'm talking to you. You invite people into community. What what does inviting somebody into community look like? It means maybe talking to them around the water cooler at work. Maybe you find out they have a hobby that's similar to yours, and you start doing that with them. Maybe it's just listening to somebody who's going through a difficulty. I remember a coworker of mine before I worked within the denominational employment, a coworker of mine was going through a divorce. We worked very closely. For me, it was riding in the car and listening to the pain he was going through. The crazy thing was he said, what gets you through hard times? I said, for me, it's my relationship with God. He said, well, I've been meaning to listen to the Bible, but I don't ever understand it when I do. Can we listen to the Bible while we drive to our different appointments? I didn't bring it up, he did. It's amazing to me when we invite people into community how little preaching we have to do and just how much being we have to do. Being in community, inviting somebody into your orbit to be part of what you do. Living life together. We invite people into community, that's the first thing. When we invite people into community, the next thing we do is we don't go in because what a lot of times we think of in evangelism is, I'm gonna become friends with you. I'm gonna invite you into community so that I can make sure that you come to whole life so that you can become a Seventh-day Adventist. (laughs) We invite people into community so that they can be connected with God and have a better connection with others. Everything else is gravy. That's where it's at. And when we really care about somebody We're not there to invite them into community so I can impart my wisdom to them. We invite somebody into community so that we can listen. Tell me about you. What's going on in your life? How are your kids doing? What's happening at work? How's how's things going? What do you enjoy doing? How do you feel about the playoff picture right now? (laughs) Nah, I agree. So... (laughs) We listen, that's active listening. That's active listening. We ask questions. So many times we think that we've heard somebody, we think we've been listening, we've been making the good eye contact, we didn't pick up our phone, and we hear them say something, but we never stop to ask to be sure that we heard. So I heard you, am I hearing you right that you're, 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 you're really worried about your marriage right now? Yeah, I am. Were you needing somebody to listen to you? 
yeah, I need somebody to listen to you, but I'm looking for a counselor, not like if I need, I got, I need something bigger than a person. Okay, well, that's helpful information. Ask questions. Ask questions to understand, to know, not to win an argument, to understand, to hear. The next thing that we ask you as our evangelistic team is that when you've listened, when you've asked questions, and when you hear a need for connection or a need, that you equip and provide resources as needed and requested. Notice as requested parted. Sometimes people didn't ask for you to do what you did. Make sure that that's what they want before you call me up and sit me down with them for a meal. Seriously, I've showed up at some really awkward meals. Oh, you brought your pastor. Awesome. With that said, maybe you don't know how to, maybe they ask you a question that you don't understand about the Bible, or maybe that you, you don't understand, they're, maybe, they're, maybe they're going through the, some financial difficulties, and you don't, you're, not a, you know, you're not a financial wizard, you don't know what to do. Maybe they're about to be evicted, you're not sure what to say. Well, at that point, I'd invite you to send an email or text message or call to Anderling. Our team, our pastoral team is here to equip and to resource you so that you can resource the people you've invited into community. The cool thing is Anderlene has a lot of knowledge and a lot of, she can give you some really great information about resources and things that are available when it comes to people who may be going through difficulty in our community. But if you're wanting to know some Bible questions, talk to, to Melanie, myself, um, Freud, uh, Anderlene. There's a bunch of us on staff that would be more than happy to, to, if we don't know the answer, we know how to find answers. Happy to do that. Well, maybe, maybe you're uh, the person who loves music, but it hasn't been involved, would love to get involved with a musical group, but doesn't know where to go. Talk to Albert. I would be happy to talk to you about what it takes to be involved with music here and something that can get people involved. What I'm trying to say is think about the people on our staff and then think about how they can help you provide the resources and equipping that you need to reach that person in your community. The final thing that I want you to do is repeat steps one through four in whatever order. We don't stop listening. We don't stop asking questions. And we don't stop inviting somebody into community when they don't show up at whole life in the time frame that we thought they should in fact, we don't stop inviting them into community if they never show up at Whole Life. Because our goal, our goal is to love people. And loving people doesn't have a hidden motive behind it. Invite people into community and love them for who they are. Not for what you hope they'll do. Of course I hope people will come to whole life because I think whole life is amazing and I think it'll make their life better. But if they don't think it'll make their life better, I don't want to force somebody to do something that's not making their life better. I just want you to know Jesus. I just want your life to be changed because Jesus changed my life and I believe he'll change yours too. So, I need to move a little quicker. <laughs> I was asked to do an evangelistic series using our youth at, at the church, Brentwood. 
And I knew it was going to be a disaster because I knew nobody's going to show up. The other part is, why do I want to invite people into a dysfunctional atmosphere? You know, it's kind of like, if you know you're going to get divorced choosing to have a child at that same time, why are you going to do that? And sometimes we do that. We're in a dysfunctional place and we invite people to come to it and we're surprised when they're not (laughs) drawn to it. So I didn't know what to do. And so I said, well, maybe could I do something different? Could we do maybe more of a... at, At summer camp, we have this play on Friday nights that we do that uses modern music and people don't have to learn lines they just kind of act out the song and it's really kind of cool we, we basically tell the story of God's love for this world that kind of starts in the garden of Eden we jump to Jesus life we jump to his death resurrection then we jump to Jesus second coming and they say yeah let's give that a shot let's let's do that and the coolest thing happened because to do that required not just the kids to do it, but it required the entire church to come together. People had to build things. People had to build sets. They had to make costumes. They had to practice several times a week. And suddenly people who didn't like each other were being forced to be in contact with each other several times a week in order to create something that was going to be successful. And you know what happened? It's an incredible thing that even when people who don't like each other spend time together, they may never ever love each other, but they start to understand each other. And it was the craziest thing. I, it was completely unintentional on my part. To me, it was the Holy Spirit doing something really cool. But that church came together in a way that was just crazy. They bonded because they were thinking about Jesus and his life. Through, they had to think about the parts they were playing. They started thinking about that vertical connection with God more. And then, but they also at the same time had to think about that horizontal connection with each other. And suddenly, all these cool people at this church actually started loving each other and became a warm place to be. A wonderful place. And the coolest thing for me was not that everybody showed up at the airport to see me off, which they did. The coolest thing was to call when I got back home to check in and let them know I made it safely and to talk to my good friend. And my good friend said, Ken, the coolest thing, the pastor invited everybody over to his house after you flew out and everybody came. I cannot begin to tell you what a 180 that was. Because God does incredible things when we focus on the vertical and horizontal relationships. He does incredible things. So back to Acts chapter 2. We read through it once Take a look at it. What's the result? What's the result of having vertical and horizontal connection? You know, I used to think that the result was what I heard a lot of you say. That each day the Lord added to their fellowship. But that's just one of the results. Everything in that is the result. Everything, everything, a deep sense of awe came over them. The apostles performed miraculous signs. All the believers met together in one place. They shared what they had. People don't sell their possessions to give money to those in need unless they are really connected with each other. Everything in there is the result of deep and purposeful connection. And I invite you whole life to go there with me. Hi, Pastor Ken. Hi, Gabby. Hi, whole life. I'm Gabby. I am the online worship host for today. I've had the pleasure of being in the chat with everyone watching online. And we've got some questions for you. I think we only have time for one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Tammy asks, 
How might followers of Jesus live their lives differently if they were confident in not only their place with God, but also in God's relationship with everyone else? How would our focus be more on mutual grace and less on judgment? I think you just have to go back to Acts chapter 2 and look at the church there. You don't spend them, see them spending a lot of time judging each other. You see them loving each other. So that, that would be my answer. That's what I think it looks like. Um, and I think, uh, I hope this church, I think that if, I hope that this church will have a deep sense of God's love for them and that will give them the freedom to love others. Amen. Well, thank you. If your question went unanswered, we're actually recording the 400th episode today. Yeah, this so afternoon. make sure that you get your questions in, either email it or... Yeah, yeah. so this afternoon, just, uh, or before, before, you've got about... 10 minutes? An hour, maybe. Oh, an maybe hour. Maybe an hour. Okay. Maybe an hour. So That's more get time. Get them in. Okay. Get them in. We were missing something though, right? Oh, we this are. Service? It feels like there was something missing out of the service. Yeah. I feel like... I feel like people don't know what's going on, maybe. No, I, we don't have a lot going on here anyway. Nah, There's there really never anything happening here. Well, but let's just check with Randy and Max. Randy and Max, sure. they might sure. know. Just to be okay. sure. Just awesome. to be sure. Hey, everybody. I'm Randy, and this is Max. And Randy and I know all the things coming up on Whole Life. All the things. And we're going to give you a sneak peek. First of all, if you didn't come to the movie night last Saturday night, here's what you missed. Mmm. Man, they missed popcorn? They, I can't believe they missed popcorn. They missed a movie? Two movies. Well, I mean, oh I guess you couldn't goodness. watch both at the I same time. I mean, you time. won't have a movie night without a movie, right? That's true. Uh, and food trucks? I wasn't here, but I missed a food truck? Man. That's bad. Cool people. They missed cool people. That's what I, I mean. I mean, that goes without saying. I mean, everyone whole life's pretty cool. That's what I really missed. Well, and if you weren't there, you also missed our big announcement. The Ken size announcement. Big. Want to show them? Oh, yeah. Roll it. Roll it. Hey, hey, the line starts back here. Um, what line, Stanley? The line for retreat? I want the best cabin. You know, that's online now. Online? That's actually really convenient. It is. All you have to do is go to wholelife.church slash church retreat, and there's a whole weekend application and a Saturday-only application. Wish I had known that. Been here for three days. That's right. Church retreat registration is now open. And if I were you, I would get on my tablet or my desktop, my laptop, no mobile devices, before all the lodging is gone and you have to borrow a tent and a flashlight for Max. <laughs> well, I do have a flashlight, but I do not have a tent. You don't have a tent? No, man. No, oh, man. Well, then, if he doesn't have a tent, you better go to wholelife.church slash churchretreat and reserve your lodging. Remember, you're going to need to register whether you're coming up just for Saturday, that's something new for this year, or the whole weekend. There's two different registrations, each with a separate link. Let's try something. Max, uh, how many events do you think you can tell people about in the next five seconds? All right. Ready? Ready? Go. Let's see. Okay, we've got the Black History Month concert next Saturday night. We've got the Mystery Who Done It dinner happening Saturday night, February 10. You need tickets for that. Eh. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's time. Just I like it. Things. Yeah. Everything Max could fit into five seconds. Max. <laughs> Get oh, it? Oh, man. <laughs> huh? 
Huh? Oh, it's clever, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I told you everything you can fit in five seconds, but all the details are online. So if you want to see what's up, um, go on Whole Life's website at wholelife.church slash events. <laughs> you heard him. Do it. And do it now, actually. And also, don't forget to give. We want to love people into a lifelong friendship with God and be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. But we need resources. And here are the ways you can give. You know what to do. Thank you for your generosity. Anybody else wonder if Randy got a really bad sunburn? Okay, no, it's just, maybe it's just me. Just me. All right, never mind. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. Uh, just, just go with me on this. All right, so uh, anyway, so next week, please be here. It's going to be incredible, incredible service. A friend of mine, Andreas Bakai, who is the lead pastor at the Walla Walla University Church, is going to be our guest speaker to kick off our Black History Month celebration. You're not going to want to miss Andreas. He is Phenomenal! I'm looking forward to spending some time with him actually this week. Um, so be here for that. And then, of course, our Black History Month concert that evening. Oh. Got a whole front row of people who... Hey, can you do us a favor and just stand up really quick, turn around and face everybody, the, the planner. You, you, you've been planning it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so no, no, turn, turn around and look at them really quick. So hang on, hang on. Uh, stay standing. I know, I know it's embarrassing. That's what happens when you sit on the front row. Um, so here's what I want. I want you to look at these kids and tell them why you're not going to be here when they have gone to a lot of work to plan this thing. Okay. My, I grew up with somebody. I, I learned a lot of guilt and shame where I grew up. Forgive me for that. Sometimes I do that. I, I slip back into the old way. If you're not here, we understand, love you anyway. But you will have to tell them why you didn't. No. Oh, anyway. Um, so thank you for that. And the final thing that I wanted to do is many of you have been asking me how, how Jeff Sinkamani, our pastor for member care, how Jeff has been doing. So I just want to give you a really quick update on Jeff uh, myself. I want to let you know that uh, I talked with Tammy this week. Jeff finished his second round of chemo, um, I think yesterday actually, and she said that he came through it well. He's very, he's, it's, it's tiring, so he's tired. But uh, everything is going really well so far. And so we're really grateful for your prayers. Uh, I want you to know, Jeff and Tammy, just tell me every time I talk to them just how much they appreciate, the f- they, they can feel your prayers enveloping them and they really appreciate that. And uh, speaking of enveloping, out on the table, if you didn't see it when you first came in, over here on this side of the church, there is a table. And uh, there's, there's a couple blankets and a prayer shawl. And what we ask you to do is to, the, these, these blankets, the prayer shawl, they have things that you can tie. And when you tie them, you say a prayer for Jeff as you do it. And the cool thing is then Jeff is enveloped, when he puts that on, he's enveloped literally in your prayers for him. And it's a really meaningful thing to do. And I want to take just a moment to thank Forest Lake Church for a moment. Um, if you don't know it, Jeff worked for Forest Lake Church um, early on in his stay here. Jeff has some deep ties in this community. And when Forest Lake heard about it, and thanks to Lois uh, Wade, who, uh, whose mom is a part of the quilting team, they heard about that, and they had a quilt to me last week so that they could have that quilt here for Jeff. And I just want to say thank you to our, our sister church, Forest Lake Church, um, just for their love that they show. So uh, if you would just take a minute, it would just be so meaningful if you would just say a quick prayer for Jeff, tie a, a couple knots on, on the various blankets and shawl that are out there, and I know it's going to mean the world to Tammy and Jeff to be enveloped in your prayers for them. The final thing is, some of you asked me if there's a GoFundMe for them. At this point, Tammy and Jeff have said that's not what they're looking for, but if you 
um, would like to do something for them, probably right now the, the thing that would probably help them the most is um, if you're wanting to get them some kind of financial gift, it would be like uh, an Uber Eats card or um, DoorDash type of thing or something where they can have food. If, you're, if you've ever been through that kind of experience, it's just hard to cook food and to be... You're just going through a lot. And so um, that would be something that would be meaningful if you're looking for something like that to do. I'm happy to forward on anything that you want to give to them to them, or if you know how to get to them in a non-intrusive way, you're more than welcome to do that as well. So thank you so much. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Lord, just thank you so much for this family. Thank you for what you do here at Whole Life and in this community. Lord, we want to be the connection that others have with you. We want to re, to show people just the, how amazing you are in our lives and, and allow them to have that in their lives as well. So we pray that we would be able to accomplish that mission through your Holy Spirit. We pray in your name, amen. I love you, family. Go love your world. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening and have a great week.